All right. So welcome back to another session of Coffee and Conversation. I'm Donald Coleman, your host, and we have Kevin Juza here with us today. Kevin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thank you. Good. I'm I'm excited uh, for this interview because some of your your bio kind of intrigues me a little bit of where I was at, but it also intrigues me to be able to kind of go in deep. So I'm going to read a little bit of your bio and then we're just going to jump right in. Does that sound good for you? Perfect. All right. Perfect. perfect. So Kevin has over 20 years as a leader in a fortune 500 and entrepreneurial companies, which has given him a strong aptitude for understanding customer and team behavior. I want you to grab that. So that's what jumped out to me, understanding customer and team behavior. He fully understands the pressure to exceed targets and develop new operational systems. Kevin is accredited th- uh, an accredited ACC coach through ICF, and he helps leaders and professionals dial into creating and sustaining a tenacious mindset to reach their goals. So again, Kevin, thank you for joining me. That, that guy sounds smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you got to love about bios, man. It's like you really get to put it out there. But I do have a question on this tenacious mindset, man. I, I'm I'm going to jump right in because it, it's really what about this tenacious mindset? I know just growing up and just finding out like when I sit back and thinking about my coaching and my approach and how I want to help people. I kind of look back at my life history and what really made me kind of set out different from other people. Mm. And the word tenacity just started coming in again and again of how I had to overcome so many obstacles and really keep driving and going forward. Grabbing a coach, getting a coach early on in my career, learning what I was trying to overcome in the faces of the, of, you know, the self-sabotaging and things like that, that just kind of kept getting in my way, but I kept going. I kept going. I never, I'd, I'd skin my knees, I'd scrape or whatever. I'd, I'd get back up and keep going forward. And ultimately, I've always reached my goals. Maybe they weren't always the goal I started out for, uh, but I actually get to the point where I'm, I felt like I've achieved it. And so I love working with people who've got big, hairy goals and they just are, they, they want to get there and they yeah. just are stuck and they want a, a catapult to move things forward or they just, you know, need somebody to really believe in them. And have them make make it happen. Uh, when I was in corporate America, I was always given the team that was struggling. I was given, you know, I was H and R Block. I took over three states that were like always in the bottom five percent of the of the company. And in one year, we rocketed to the top for two years in a row. You know, so we because we, I believed in them and I found ways for them to be successful their own way, not just following a recipe or cookie cutter approach. You have to find what really makes it your own and own it and make it forward. My uh, wife and I, we've been married. We, we had struggle finding kids and having kids and yeah. starting a family. And that last time it took us to, to, to where we got pregnant, had babies, we just kind of said, stop it. We're just going to go for this experiment wow. and just no stress. Just let's believe it's going to work out in the power of, of affirmations and the power of, of truly putting it out there and letting the universe know mm-hmm. where you're going and how you want to get there. You know, we we were blessed to have twin daughters and now they're 16 years old. And, you know, it's like you just you just don't know what you have unless you keep going. Yeah. If you stop early on, it's really nothing you really want. 
Wow, Kevin, you sure you're not a preacher there, brother? <laughs> What's going uh, on? <laughs> I got my podium. Let's go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that 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 is is absolutely tremendous of what you said. You remind me of a Marine. I'm a Marine, in case you didn't know that, but you remind me of a Marine because they teach us it's it's not when, it's just it's a matter of just constantly keep pushing forward, right? And never giving up on that. And I love the point that you brought up about having kids. My wife and I, for 11 years, the doctors said no, no kids. And we held on to the promise of having those kids. And we now have two daughters, one's 24 and the other one's 18. And on Sunday, we were just sitting there. My daughter was singing and I realized, and it's, ties right into what you're saying. I realize had we had given up and accepted what the doctors said, we would have never been able to experience that moment with my kids. It is just so tenacity, man, is is wow. Thank you. I, I just see it. I always get blown away when I have these conversations, but thank you for just sharing that because it's about that it's about the blessing, man. It's about knowing what you have. And when you get to the end, you realized you did it, right? And that's what it's all about. So, yeah. And thank you for your service and being here from San, being in San Diego. I grew up in the Midwest. Okay. So military wasn't really around me. Right. A lot. We had Air Force stations, but it wasn't really involved in our community like it right. is in San Diego. And uh, my neighbor, he has, they have a son that's actually in the process of becoming a SEAL and learning of his adventures and what he's going through. And, you know, you have to, I love that, that book that came out that talked about, you know, you need to go slow to go fast, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and that truly goes with coaching. Yes. You've got to go slow before you go fast. You have to yeah. really have good fundamentals and true trust before you can move forward to the adventure you want to go on. So I appreciate that and, and all you've done. Yes. Thank you. And so, so Kevin, how did you get into coaching? I mean, you mentioned about the fortune 500s and the entrepreneurs. How did you drink the water? I like to say, or take the red pill, you know what I mean? Of, of the coaching pill. How did you do it? Well, I ran for public office in, in San Diego in Poway. I was a, I ran for a school board because I'm a very active parent. I've, I ran a couple of foundations for the elementary school, raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to improve libraries and the track and field, whatever I could do to make an impact on my community. And yes. it's kind of great about public school system is you give a chance to actually be in your community. It, it kind of brings it down and you get to know people and know their kids. And really, it's, it's really, I think that's my best part of my life was that part of that, raising the kids in the elementary school mm -hmm. systems and being active in the community. And so I just wanted to take a step up and, you know, run for office. And in doing that, I met a, a great coach and uh, she was a coach for many years. She was talking to me about my campaign and I was trying to get, trying to, you know, get some money donation. And, yeah. you know, it, it ends up being that she started coaching me. And wow. then, and then she said, you know what, you ever thought about being a coach yourself? And I said, well, that is a tool in my tool belt in what I do in my job, my day mm -hmm. job is I always coach the people around me because I tend to always have the team that had the most people promoted off of because I was developing people not just for today, but tomorrow. And so and I always found they found the people, my team to fill their gaps. And so 
after that, after the campaign, I, I was I wasn't I, I did not win the election, but I won the hearts and minds of a lot of people, and I was able to uh, you know pursue uh, the get my credentials to start being a coach. Wow. So, so you actually won, right? You didn't, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Sometimes you don't day. know what the victory is. Exactly. Until <laughs> That's a great point right there. Now you mentioned here in the beginning, you talked about how in the corporate arena, they always gave you the teams that were the low performing. Now you just tied in the fact of, of the ability to take that low performing team and you made it to where when they were looking for people to fill gaps or get promoted, they, they went to your team, man. So say, say, are you willing to say a little bit more about that? What was that process like of walking through believing in people? You know what I mean? You said the key word right there, believing in mm. people. That is, that is totally managed corporate America. My perspective, you know, it's yes. a great place to start to get experience. And, and corporate America is the, one of the biggest the economy that makes our, our economy go is the corporate America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of the hubs and flows. If inflation or expansion, it all comes by the driving of those large corporations. And so, but when you're in them, sometimes you lose the individual. You get stuck mm-hmm. and you're just a yes person. Just do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't ask questions. Just do it. I'm not good at that. I'm, I'm not really that good at not giving my opinion or trying to help or be part of a process. Mm-hmm. So, how was I successful in those organizations? I was able to to focus down and just focus on what's in front of me, and that's my people. Mm. I always, when I was 14 years old, I was working weekends at Wendy's, and then within a couple of weeks, I was a shift manager on Sundays. You know, so I always found my way to be the leader, the manager of a team. I might not have been the best athlete, but I always was the captain of the team. You know, it's mm. like, because it's about bringing people together uh, and being the. Uh, you know, when you're managing a team, you have. 10 people, 14 people, three people, it doesn't matter. They all have their special gifts. And as a leader, can you find those gifts and then give them fertilizer? Are you able to add to them? If you can add to the fertilizer of those dreams and those hopes of each of those individuals, you can you can solve any problems any corporation puts in front of you. Wonderful. So, so Kevin, how are you adding to like that fertilizer in the coaching environment with, with your clients? How are you adding to that? as showing up as a coach? Well, one thing I learned about coaching is not what you tell them. It's what you ask them. Mm, say that and again, Kevin, please. <laughs> For all the people. Amen, brother. <laughs> it's not what you tell them. It's what yes. you ask them. Because the most powerful thing a coach has is a pause. Because the more we can let the person come to their own conclusions, the more they'll believe in themselves and they can make that happen. Wow. You know, it's like when, when you're with a friend and, and they're going through a moment, you just want to hug them. Yes. But the best sometimes is just to be there and let them process and ask the curious mm-hmm. questions. It's so and, and when that curious question comes, you know, for me, no matter how big the guy is or how small the person is, yes. if I can get him to cry. They're being truthful. <laughs> they're being truthful to themselves. You know, it's like the the, the it's, wet eyes are good enough yes. for some people, but, but you know, having a good tear in there means you're hitting something yes. that they need to let out. Yes. And they need to believe. And we need to have as many opportunities to believe in ourselves so we can actually make our dreams come true. Yes. Well, Thank you for sharing that because I I had the pleasure of interviewing my mentor coach last week 
That's I can cool. tell you, man, she has made me cry multiple, not made me cry, but it's like the question, just like the whole room opened up and I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. It's like the whole room opened up and I'm like, wow, I see this totally different. And it was just that rush of emotion. And when you can get that in a corporate environment, that, that true belief, you know what I mean? Like that, that understanding of we truly believe in you. And therefore, we're going to let you just continue to keep moving forward. There's nothing you can't do with a team like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, there's nothing. The interesting thing is when I was moving up to America, people always said, Kevin, you have your heart on your sleeve. That's mm. not good management. Mm. And I'm like, so I was like, how do I hide that? How do I hide my emotion? How do I stop mm. caring? How do I stop, you know, not showing yes. empathy? I just couldn't. That's right. not me. And, and, my great, my mentor when I was at H&R Block, Bill Koontz, he was from West Virginia, and he had a big draw, six foot something, you know, yeah. a big swagger. Yep. And he was, he had a person, person connection with everybody. Mm. And I just, he didn't maybe cry, you know, or show us, but he always showed empathy towards people and knew what it was like to be in their shoes. He was, you know, poor at one time and now he's working and people, people who got to realize where they came from. Yeah. And, and and if you don't realize where people have walked before, their greatness is still ahead of them. But mm. their, back, their past doesn't describe where they're at today, but they're stuck sometimes with those anchors from their past and labeling themselves. Mm. So finding those labels, pulling them off, finding their heart and where they want to go and give them that path. It's amazing. It's fun. So much. Wow. Fun. So, so Kevin, I'm going to jump here. So what advice would you give a person that, well, I know as a coach, let me rephrase this because I know as a coach, we don't give advice, right? So you're, you have a client, they're stuck in the past and they know that the future is ahead of them. How would you, what would you tell them or be able to kind of work with them to kind of open up possibilities? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, sometimes in the moment, what I'll do is we'll just stand up and change the environment real quick, mm. you know, because like right now we're sitting down, we're kind of official, we're kind of yes. like boxed in mm. here and whatever emotion or whatever conversation we're having or they're sharing, they're feeling safe. They're feeling mm. blocked in by the TV, the monitors, whatever, you know, so getting them to stand up and move around and see what's what's truly out there, open their eye sets, making sure they're seeing through the windows, not just at the window pane and go through that and see what's truly out there. And then just keep asking the question, what else? Wow. What else? You know, and it doesn't matter if it's, if it's, if it's me sitting there going, that doesn't sound right. It don't matter what I think. It's like the person's got to, you got, you got to, how many times does it take you to make a really good, you know, even to break, make good scrambled eggs. I've watched my kids. It takes sometimes a couple good times <laughs> to make good scrambled eggs. You know, even though you're just breaking eggs, it still takes practice to make yeah. good scrambled eggs. Yeah. So they have sometimes they just got to let it out. And then all of a sudden the aha start coming wow. and the new paths start opening up. You know, and then they start really dreaming and they start talking faster. When they start talking faster, you know, they're getting somewhere. Yes. You know, when they're talking slow, they're like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then all of a sudden, it's like, and then, and then, and yes. then, and yes. then, and then, yes. and then you just know they're, they're breaking, they're creating these new paths in their memory and their brain wow. to where they want to go. 
And then it's just seeing what they can hold on to and, and right. Yeah. help them ride through it. Well, Kevin, thank you because your answer was very simplistic, but yet it opened up a huge door because you, you just said, Hey, change the position, stand up, look out the window or do something different. It doesn't take a lot. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that you are able to recognize this, and this is what trained coaches are able to do. The power of reading in the environment, the power of reading the other person. This is what we do every single day. So I love the fact that you said that and, and the way that you expressed it. So now, how has the power of coaching affected your life personally? Probably have to say it made me a better parent, mm. especially in this time zone I'm in right now, which is with 15 to 16 years old, where I where I kind of had to I kind of had to put my cape in my closet and I couldn't wear it as much. Oh, okay. Solve their problems. And now I had to be their coach. I had to be listening to them. I had to add to their, you know, listen to their environment because I don't know what it's like to be 15 years old right now. Right. I don't know what it's like to be a 15 year old woman, late young lady in the world today. Right. You know, so I couldn't solve their problems. And so I had to learn how to be a coach and really listen and ask Mm -hmm. questions that are open ended to get them to start talking to me so I can still be connected to them. It it, it made being a coach made me find out ways of not to speak so much. Mm -hmm. You know, even though I do a lot of speaking and presenting and and talking on podcasts like this and, and sharing my views. But the really powerful coaches are good at just listening and asking good questions. Mm. And I, I remember my coach, my mentor coach, when I was going through it, she's like, get off the field, get off the court. You're playing basketball with them. Stop it. Get out. Be mm. in the stands. Be watch the watch the game. Don't play in it. And that was always something I always mind myself. Am I on the court with the client or am I watching the court? Mm. Am I watching the game? And so that, that's that's what I kind of took away from it the most. Yes, I, I I feel the same sentiment. It allowed me to to be a better parent and a better husband because I, I became more present. You know what I mean? Because so, in the corporate world, you're thinking about what you didn't get done that day and what's going to come up tomorrow, and and the ability to stay present. So, so Kevin. Um, is there any way that, I mean, is there anything you want to talk about on how the power of coaching has changed in the community? I know you mentioned about the volunteers, but how have you used the power of coaching to change in, in communities? Well, it's about not being afraid to lead. Mm. Uh, being as, I recently read, read, read something, basically a coach is just a leader. Mm. You know, we've had leaders in the past that we call them coaches, but they were leaders. You know, you think of all the mm-hmm. good coaches, sports coaches, they're good leaders of that team, you know, and now we just need leaders in our lives to help us move forward. Mm-hmm. So we get moving, you know, we don't have the corporate America that my parent, my dad retired after 43 years at one company mm-hmm. and he kind of followed the leaders all the way up the channel. We don't have that. It, you're, you're skipping companies. You're, you're moving things around. So there's so much more moving items you need to have somebody in your life that becomes your your arrow, your your north star to kind of help you stay to, true to yourself and where you want to go, instead of just what's the next opportunity, what's next, what's next. You know, as much as you can control your what's next, the more you're in in act in 
at cause of what you're doing instead of being affected by what you're doing. Nice. Nice. So Kevin, as we get ready to wrap this up, why don't you tell the listeners, I mean, if they need to get in contact with you, how they can get in contact with you and kind of share with them what's your what's your niche, man? What's the specialty, the, the, the ideal client that you're looking for or do, that you would love to work with? Uh, I, well, The Tenacious Leader is my website, The Tenacious mm-hmm. Leader. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, too. I do have my next. I have the ten, the key characteristics, the tenacious mindset. I'm having a, a, a webinar masterclass on June 1st. So please go to LinkedIn and attend. That'd be a great way to kind of meet me and see more of how I think and process. My ideal client is, is I love corporate people that are stuck and really want to go. You know, they want, they're the chief operating officers. They're the chief revenue officers. They're, they're up and coming leaders that really want to, you know, they feel like they keep hitting a ceiling. They just don't know how to stay who they are, but really want to move things forward. They have a tough boss that just can't work through and still be aspirational in themselves. You know, I love working through that because we can all do it. And, and I love working with people that have, you know, big things they want to accomplish and not afraid to go for them. Wow. Kevin, this has been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you taking the time for this interview. And I also appreciate your membership with ICF, man. Continue changing lives through the power of coaching. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have a great day. All righty. Bye-bye.